What's going on, everybody? Listen, my name is Jonathan Vaughn. I'm the Connections Pastor at Cub Memorial Baptist Church here in Spartanburg, South Carolina. We have missed you here on Cud Talk. Uh, it has been a hot minute. We took the summer off, but we are back today. Uh, we are going to be discussing John, First uh, John, chapter one. We are going to be in the first four verses. This is a really cool section of scripture um, where we look at uh, the deity of Christ, um, and John reminding his audience of who Christ is and also what they know. It's going to be an awesome episode. Can't wait to get into it. Chris, what's going on, brother? How are you, man? Hey, doing good, man. Good to be back on the uh, Cud Talk podcast. It's been a little bit, my friend. Yes, it has. Uh, I didn't realize with the summer taking off uh, how much we had been away, but it's good to be back. So It is. It is. I haven't been in this room in a little bit. Um, we do a couple different media things here at uh, CNBC, um, and we use this one room for all of it. And during the summer, uh, just because of my schedule uh, here at the church, I kind of have my hands in a little bit of everything. Um, and in the summer, it gets kind of crazy. Um, and so I haven't even been in this room in a little bit. Uh, but we've missed you. Um, we've missed doing these podcasts. Um, as I mentioned earlier, <clears throat> in the intro. Um, and if you're new to the podcast, we hope that you uh, are, are listening. We hope that you've been listening. But if not, if you've seen this pop up uh, on your feed or heard us talk about it at church, I do want to say welcome. Um, a little bit of what we do on this podcast, um, and I've done podcasts like this previously, um, a lot of times when pastors um, preach and and uh, get the opportunity to speak on a Sunday morning, uh, almost every Sunday morning, um, you only have a little bit of time. You have about 30 to 35 minutes to um, talk about a text. And as pastors, what we do a lot of times is we say, okay, what's the main point of this text? What do I want to relay that main point that, so for instance, we're in First John chapter 1. Uh, what did John want his audience to know in First John chapter 1 in the first four verses that he wrote? What did he want them to know, okay? And we find out what he wanted them to know then as a pastor, you take that and you say, okay, that was for them. Take their culture, their contacts, text, and what he wrote them. What then would that mean for my people? Because the Bible is written for us, but not to us. And so we have to say, since it's not written to us, what's the main message of this? And then, but it is for us. So then how as a preacher can I make that for my people? And a lot of times when you're preaching, you just can't do that <laughs> in 30 minutes. Uh, you try to get the best of it, uh, and you try to get it to your people. But then, kind of how we treat this podcast, uh, because you can't totally uh, uh, hit every angle of it, we try to treat this um, podcast as a small group, sort of. Like, we get to come together after the service and then ask you certain uh, small group questions. And so Chris and I are going to ask one another these questions, um, but really think about them as being posed uh, to you, the listener. Um, think about this almost as your debrief uh, from Sunday. Um, you got the whole thing Sunday, and this is just a little dessert to help you uh, get it down and, and live it and, and apply it. Anything you want to add to that, Chris? I think that's great. Just to add that I've never really done 30 minutes. <laughs> you said Crowd on 30 minutes. Uh, I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever had to do that. Yeah, you, done that. you, you so, sometimes do go a little longer. I, I want to I I read I want to read First John chapter 1, uh, verses 1 uh, through 4 here. It says, uh, What was from 
the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. That life was revealed and we have seen it and we testify and declare it to you, to you the eternal life that was the Father and was revealed to us. <clears throat> what we have seen and heard, we also declare to you so that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. That's where we were uh, this week. Chris, you want to elaborate a little bit on maybe some of your points or, or some of the highlights of that verse? Well, I think that it was important that, that as John wrote this uh, to his audience and for us to realize, number one, um, that as he talks about from the beginning, we talked about the preexistence of Christ, of the Son, and how uh, from the very beginning of all, we talked about Genesis 1-1 in the beginning, the gospel of John, uh, that it was important for John that his readers understand that the Son, person of Christ, has been from the very beginning. This wasn't something that God did secondhand. It wasn't ever plan B for anything. The active role he had in creation, and we looked at that a little bit in Genesis as well. So the, the preexistence of Christ, we talked a lot about the supremacy of Christ in that as well, um, that it was, he was to be experienced and, and to, to, that they have walked with him and they saw that he did and it was to be done in fellowship as he talks about later. And so we really just, we talked a, little, a lot about just John's desire for people to realize that the divinity of Christ, the humanity of Christ, who he was and the Son and, and what that means for each and every one of us. Okay, today, so. so we look at that and we say, okay, there is significance um, that John is pointing to here, especially in these first four verses, that, hey, you know, Jesus is the guy. Jesus is uh, divine. He is the way um, that we are going to reach the Father. Um, and so that is really important. And let me, let me say, let me ask this question. Um, I think sometimes we can, uh, as Christians, easily say, yes, Jesus is central to our faith. Jesus, we call ourselves Christians. We call ourselves many Christ, many, many Jesus Christ, right? We call ourselves people that want to follow in Jesus' footsteps. We want to be reflections of him. Uh, we see my uh, men's Bible study uh, this week. We read in Matthew um, chapter 5, 6, uh, and 7, and I believe 8 too. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, <laughs> um, we see in chapter 5, that we are called to be salt and light. We are, we are to be light. People are to see Jesus' followers. So I think we can all agree that Jesus is the uh, foundation and the centerpiece of our faith, as John is kind of reminding us here. But my question for you is, and kind of the small group question, A, do we sometimes lose fact that Jesus is the, the center of our beliefs? Um, and also, what are some things that we sometimes replace that center of faith with and what are some dangers of that this is, this is gonna be a loaded question um so what do we replace jesus with as the center of our faith um what are some dangers of doing that and then how can we avoid doing that yeah i think one of the, the first things that i think about is i don't think anybody that would call ourselves christians followers of christ we're not going to say that you know believing in jesus is the big deal we believe in him i think what happens is is that central to that, to him being central of our life, yes, is that we believe in him, 
but it goes past just the belief to the practical application of those things. I think we all can, we all would say of ourselves, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus, and that's my foundational belief. It's central to who I know Him to be in my life. But then the challenge comes in all of those other practical matters like you just talked about, Sermon on the Mount stuff, being salt and light, the way we respond, the way we love, uh, just the way that we are called to be like Christ. So I think it's more than just, you know, that we say we believe, but how that belief comes out in practical matters in, in our life. And so I think that in the way that we, we, you know, we love one another, we serve one another, and as we... Uh, try to embrace and follow that model that Christ gave for us um, being central. Not just the fact that we believe, but that it does transform and change the way that we are living our lives. And I think that, that, that's important. Um, I think, you know, you talk about dangers and other things that can come into that as well. Um, what we replace Jesus with. And in that same teaching, uh, through the Sermon on the Mount, he's talked about how we serve we have to make the choice of serving God or man or things or money or things like that. He talks about that where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. And so I think that when something that we treasure above Christ, when we place that value above him, it can be, sadly, it can be good things. It doesn't have to be all bad things. It can be family. It can be church itself uh, that become more important to us than, you know, we're here for Christ, but, but being like Christ is the more important of those things. And so I think we can replace them with anything that our heart treasures, anything that we value above Him. And so I think there's a danger to, you know, seeing placing things above above Christ that, that we may value more in the moment than we do. We kind of lose that eternal perspective of things. And so when we put things in His place in the temporary versus understanding how the eternal nature of who He is and how it affects the world. So I think where our treasure is and what we treasure more is what we can do about Christ. And that can be anything or anybody that, that, that we place that burden on. Mm-hmm. So I think um, a, a lot of times we, especially, I, I'm assuming if you are taking time to listen to this podcast, you are, are more than likely a believer. Um, you're more than likely probably a member here at Cud. Um, and so really, uh, I'm, I'm addressing you um, because I do believe you all make up the majority of our audience. Um, I think things that we can uh, replace Christ with as center to our faith is a lot of times, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, uh, is tradition. Um, uh, we can place, you know, just the tradition of coming to church. We can make that more about uh, Jesus. Um, hey, you know, don't mess with my church time. Um, I'm going to put coming to church way above my relationship with Christ. And you say, well, aren't those two in the same? Yeah, they can be. Your relationship with Christ, your personal relationship with Christ should motivate you uh, to come and gather and have fellowship um, at the church, uh, both on Sundays or in a small group. Um, excuse me, during one of our midweek uh, times that we meet, you should have a desire to do that. But sometimes we replace that with Jesus. Um, and what I mean by that is we we come to church to feel good. We come to church to be uh, motivated to do better instead of leaning upon Jesus, as you mentioned, believing in Jesus, allowing Jesus to convict us of sin um, and changing for him 
we kind of get that backwards. I think also, and once again, I mentioned all these uh, because it's dangerous, but it's also easy because we think we're doing the right thing when really we have replaced our relationship with Jesus with something. So number one can be attendance of church. Number two, um, and I actually had this conversation with someone just last week, um, can be your personal devotion time. Mm-hmm. Um, you Sometimes people can be way, way more devoted to their actual devotion time than Jesus himself. They can see, they can almost get prideful in it. Hey, I, 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 uh, I spend time, I spend 15 minutes every day with, uh, with God. And it's like, really? Are you just like snoozing? Are you like, <laughs> are you making this time all about Jesus? Um, I do think that once again, going to church and having time of devotion is a fruit of having a relationship with Jesus. You, you have to have those fruit. Um, you have to have um, those things present in order for you to have a a a, um, a fruitful life, a, a a vibrant life in Christ. But sometimes it's easy to replace that. Sometimes it's easy, um, especially for me, um, as a as someone who studies the Bible often, to sometimes even replace Bible knowledge. Uh, with Christ being the center of my faith. Uh, Christ is the center, not biblical knowledge. Do I think I can have a better relationship with Jesus Christ uh, by having more biblical knowledge? Absolutely. That's how I know him uh, is through reading his word. But I think those things can sometimes, and ministry, um, let let me mention a third one, doing ministry, serving at church. Sometimes you can make that the center of your faith and you totally miss Jesus. One of the scariest verses uh, in the whole Bible, um, I was reading last week in our, in the, the, the Bible portion that uh, our men's group is reading through is when Jesus is like, hey, some of y'all are going to like die one day and, and God's going to be like, hey man, I didn't know you. And they're going to be like, man, I, I taught Sunday school. I did ministry, but ministry isn't the center of our faith. It's a byproduct. It's a fruit, but we can't make that the center. Jesus has to be the center. And so what does that look like? Um, Number one, having full and complete faith in him for your salvation. Um, To believe that the only way you can have a relationship with the Father is through Jesus. And you're like, yeah, man, this sounds elementary. We know this. But oftentimes we don't act as if we know it, right? right? My son knows that there are no monsters in his closet. He knows that. He's been in his closet. He knows there's no monsters. But sometimes at night, he, he falls captive to an untrue reality that there may be monsters in there. And so even though we know this is true, sometimes we act as if we can earn salvation. Sometimes we act as if... <clears throat> We can do it ourselves, man. To, to make Jesus the center of your faith, you say, I did nothing to earn this salvation. I did nothing to have a relationship with the Father. I put all my chips, all of my chips are on Jesus, and he's the center. And what that will do is it will, it will allow you to live a spirit-filled life, a faith-filled life. Um, you'll be totally relying on him, and it's just the only way to live this life out. Were you going to say something? No, keep going. No, I, was, <laughs> I, was just, I was agreeing in, in what you're saying. No, I, I saw you pause. I thought you were going to say something. So um, I, I, I think uh, we mentioned, or I asked you, you know, dangers. Um, the, of the ones that I mentioned, those can all be dangerous um, because they can appear as if Christ is the sinner and they're not. Yeah. They can appear, uh, I'll never forget, uh, <laughs> my mom. Um, she used to, and if any of y'all are listening in Gaffney, you probably know the scandal that I'm about to talk about. Um, she used to go to a gym um, there in Gaffney and buy these protein muffins. 
um, and she would buy them by the bulk, um, and she would eat them, and she was trying to lose weight, right? And and these muffins appeared by by who was selling them, they appeared to be productive in her weight loss journey, right? Come to find out, the lady that was selling these muffins was just going to Sam's and buying these muffins, and they were like 400 calories a muffin. And my mom was eating like one every day, thinking she was like eating some protein muffin that was gonna help her out, 120 calories. She was like, I'm so full, they're so great. Um, They fooled her, and sometimes that can be dangerous for us to replace these things with Christ, uh, whether it be serving, coming to church, even personal devotion time, because it can look as if it is beneficial when in all reality, it's a 400-calorie muffin that's going to make it's us fat. Make us fat yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I think, too, a danger, you know, sometimes even even for me personally, and I don't hopefully other people can relate to this as well, is that sometimes we can replace what gets us to thinking on Christ or, or you know, feels like it draws us to him as substituting for him, actually. For example... You know, I'm driving down the road, and if I plug my phone in and a good worship song comes on, man, that worship song, it gets me to a place that I'm thinking about Jesus. But when the song is over and it changes, okay, that may change or it may not. And for a minute there, I've been like, oh, man, I've really been thinking on Jesus. No, what I've been doing is I've enjoyed the music. I've enjoyed what the music is saying, but it's still not Jesus. Well, There's more, you know, it's good. It gets you there. Yeah. And gets you to Yeah, there. and I, I think yeah. that, I don't want to confuse people. Sure. I think that that music, if you are having a spiritual moment, yes, that music can get you to Jesus. Absolutely. Um, and that music is spending time with Jesus. Yes. But if you're sitting there in your car and riding and thinking, man, I just spent time with Jesus, and you didn't even think about the lyrics, or you did all <laughs> right. you thought about was yes. the tune and jamming out. Right. But I don't want people to think, oh, spending time in my Bible isn't a relationship. Absolutely Jesus not, coming right. to church isn't a relationship. Serving in ministry isn't a... Right. That all is a part it's of good. it. All yes. of it comes from it, right? Yes. I have to love my wife in order, like... I kiss my wife because I love her. I don't kiss her in an attempt to love her, right? right? Absolutely. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. No, you're exactly right. And it just it's just real, can be a real fine line to make sure that what gets us there doesn't replace the actual fullness of who he is in our life. And I agree with you 100%. And, uh, and I think that's extremely important uh, to, to be just be acknowledged, just to be very mindful of how quickly those things can, you know, can get, get out of skew. Yeah. Uh, another question I had, and you mentioned this a, a good bit in your sermon and the introduction, um, that um, John, in, Bo, in all of his letters, um, was really, really uh, concerned with and really wanted to address the fact that, that Jesus was both fully God and fully man. Um, talk a little bit about how, why that's important, but also how it should affect us uh, as believers. Well, I think ultimately we have to look at, you know, this is one of the most difficult things for people to understand, I think, especially if you, and we're not going to jump into Trinity stuff, but to understand that, that, that the Son is fully God, Jesus fully God, and fully man. Uh, and, and there's a lot of importance to that into our faith because it gives us, one, on the human side of Christ, a, a very relational aspect to our relationship with God. Um, we can... Know in his humanity that, you know, the Bible teaches us that Jesus was tempted in every way, but he was without sin. Um, there's common common things that face Christ, the Son, as a human being in the form of Jesus that that we face. And we have a, a bond, a camaraderie to that humanity. So it makes us, I feel like it makes uh, our relationship with Christ, uh, in that sense, more on a, on a human level of communication. We feel like somebody understands us. 
or that understands the temptation, the factors, but the struggles that we may face. Uh, and then we like that, that side of the humanity of it. Um, but it's also important to know that this is God. This is not just a, a something that looks like God or act, but is God in the flesh. And so while there is this connection of on a very human level, there's also this connection on a very divine level that we realize that even though there is this humanity in Christ, there is this divinity that he is God. He is the creator of all things. He is sovereign. And, and keeping those two perspectives um, is, is super beneficial for us to know that he is over all things. He is God, but yet in his love and his grace for us, he came to us to be like to be with us, to, to save us in that. And there is a, a connection there on a human level, but also an understanding that, you know, this is God. And we, we have to continue to know that. Yeah. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. We didn't sure. talk about this pre-show, but you mentioned it. Uh, I think it was one of your two big points on Sunday. And so um, you mentioned that knowing that Jesus was there in the beginning and that he is fully God and fully man, that should bring us a joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want you to expand on that a little bit. Like how, how should that bring us joy? Why should that bring us joy? Well, I think that, that one of the things that we have to remember is this is from the beginning. If we have this understanding that he is preexistent, he is from the beginning, that before God even spoke into anything in creation, which would include later on all of the things that we struggle with, that, that knowing that he was there from the beginning, that this is not something that is, is not known to him, that is not taking him by surprise, that he is not prepared to deal with, to know that from the very beginning, God's heart was set for us and that his desire was for relationship with us. And all that would come following that, our struggle, our sin, our individual issues that we would have in those relationships that we would have with God. But knowing that he was there from the beginning and that he is going to be there for all of eternity and that he is over all of those things, to know that this was not something that he just stepped into in a moment, but from fullness of the completion of time, he has always been and will always be there. That brings me great joy to know that, that it wasn't just something that I was felt sorry for, but that I was purposed and that every part and every aspect of creation from then until now and for eternity, he is there and was there and will be there. And that brings me a lot because we in our, in our human life, we can't count on that. That certainty is not always there. People come. People go, jobs come, jobs go, church relations, any of the things that happen in the situational aspects of our life can come and go. But one constant is that he's been there for it all from the beginning into now. And I think that I draw a lot of joy from that, even though it's hard and sometimes we go through some very difficult things that I know when I have the faith and trust and belief in knowing that he was there, that I have somebody who still fights for me, who still has a purpose and who loves me and who desires his best for me. And I think that that brings me a lot of joy. When situational things don't, his consistency is, it does. And that, and that, that to me brings a lot of great joy. So we're, um, you know, this is obviously John's introduction, John's prologue for, hey, this is why I'm writing you these things. This is why you're about to receive this letter. This is why you're about to read the following words. Um, and he does mention, he says, um, uh, indeed, or sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me let me back up. It says we also declare to you so that you may also have fellowship with us, uh, meaning other other believers and 
uh, indeed, our fellowship is with the Father um, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And so talk to me a little bit about the difference um, between, like, Christian fellowship and actually just, like, friendship. Well, it's, it's, very, it's kind of a, a hard thing to talk about because there are a lot of similarities between the two, but there is some, some pretty big differences. Uh, you know, we hear people a lot talk a lot about their friendships with people. And our friendships, our friendships are, are based on a lot of, I mean, some of the similar things that we can talk about. In our friendships, we, we are usually friends with people who we have things in common with. There's some mutual something that brought us together in, in a friendship. It can be the like of, of a sports team or music or, or something along those lines. Maybe you do the same job. There's some common factors that, that bring you to uh, or bring you into friendships with, with people. Um, you know, in friendships, though, we, we can be friends with one another, but yet we don't agree on everything. You know, I mean, we, but that's still part of our, of our relationship with God or with, with our friends. Um, and, and so you look at fellowship with other believers and sis- with brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. You know, our common bond is is Christ. And, and you know, do we still, even though in that fellowship, still have some disagreement about how things look in certain ways theologically? Well, yeah, sure. But what, what brings us together is that fellowship is, is to be with God, that we may fellowship with him. Our fellowship and relationship with him and our brothers and sisters Christ is founded on more than just likes and dislikes. It's founded on this, this relationship that what we have in common, what our heart desires should be what God desires. And, and that, that, that drive and that, that, between, that coming in between, well, in, in between brothers and sisters in Christ and that pursuit of that, of being like God and pursuing his heart is just a little deeper level to me. It's deeper than just the friendship that, you know, we may have with other people. So, so I think that, that a lot of, of the difference in there is the level of intimacy that, that, that exists between our relationship and our fellowship with one another and with God. Um, when we have intimacy in our friendships and relationships, there, which, which is great and, and we, that's a gift to us to have one another, it's a, it's a higher level. It's a deeper level. It is a, a level that, you know, provides more, I don't want to say more accountability because there is accountability in friendship, but there is a greater common good. Our goals, our desires, our hearts are for the same, but it's not just for us. In our friendships, we like the things that we do for us. In our, in our fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ and with God, our desire is for his glory, for his kingdom, and how those aspects play out in our relationship. <coughs> Uh, a lot of those yeah um i agree with 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 that last thing you said there um when i think about christian fellowship and when when he says hey i'm writing these things so that you may have fellowship with one another he's saying hey kind of what you said i want you to have these common things with one another so that you can if we can hold things in common like we're supposed to in acts chapter two where they Mm -hmm. they held everything in common that can make us all pursue toward one goal in a greater way than if we have arguments and fights. Not to say that in Christian fellowship you will have arguments and fights, uh, or you will. Um, But I think in friendships, um, you can kind of choose those. You can nitpick those. You can leave those easily. Those are easy to exit. Uh, With Christian fellowship, that is not the case. I believe that is why Jesus tells us how we should resolve problems within Christian fellowship. Um, and maybe for you today, you were looking for a Christian fellowship. Maybe, maybe for you today, you say, hey, I, I kind of do have friends, but, but they're on the outside. I don't have really any Christian fellowship. And when I say fellowship, it sounds much deeper, as you mentioned, than friendship. Um, there is a 
point of fellowship where you let people in. You let people in on your life. You tell them, hey, this is who I am. This is where I am struggling. I am letting you in. You are getting an all-access card to me so that you can better me. Um, and a friendship, honestly, well, those are very self-seeking. Um, that's okay. We, uh, hey, I want to be your friend because I want somebody to laugh with or I want somebody to go get a cup of coffee with. Christian fellowship is I need you in my life to make me a better follower of Jesus. And so I want to encourage you today. Um, if you are looking for Christian fellowship, start at the church. Start at the local church level. Um, we have systems here. We have programs here at CUD. Uh, memorial that can help you with that. We have our small groups on Sunday mornings at 9.45. Go plug into that where you can find Christian Fellowship, where you can find a place where we have something in common. We are all striving toward one common goal. We have midweek studies on Monday nights at 6 o'clock. Um, our ladies get together in the Welcome Center uh, and they are going through a study now on Wednesday nights. Our men and women get together. Uh, our ladies are discussing the book of Jude. Um, our men are just now starting a, uh, a study where we are looking at the Gospels. Um, I want to encourage you, if you need Christian fellowship, if you're if that is a void right now in your life and you don't have it, please, please plug in. If you don't come to CUD, reach out to your local church. I know that they have ways you can fellowship with.